Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Boston Scott, well, the they, giant killer. Yeah. He is the giant killer. It's amazing what he's been able to, to do against that team throughout his short stay in Philadelphia. Double tight end. Motion. Got it. Comes back to the near side. Shotgun. Hurts. Gives it off to Scott. Up the middle. Touchdown! Boston Scott. The giant killer does <laughs> it again. Yes, he does. We love that. Uh, and, and that's what we saw last week. Uh, Jeff McClain, Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, beat writer, does a terrific job covering the Eagles, joins us for the hour. Jeff, how you doing? Hey, Glenn, Mike, how you guys doing? Good afternoon, Jeffrey. Uh, What's up? Well, we just played that Boston Scott thing just for fun because we both really like him, and there is the possibility they'll play the Giants next week. And just kind of oh, okay. out of the blue, wanted to ask you, have you ever known a player who just is so unstoppable against one team? You know, typically things like that happens in a sport like baseball. You know, you look at numbers against a certain pitcher or something like that, at certain guys. I don't think I've ever seen it in football. Um, but there's something with Boston. When he sees that blue, uh, he goes off, and his numbers are disparate. Um, the Giants versus basically the rest of every other team he plays. He's got, I think, 10 of his 17 career touchdowns coming against the Giants, and if you look at the Individual number, numbers in terms of rushing and passing, I think he's or receiving. Excuse me, he's got over five yards per carry rushing. He's got uh, over thirteen yards per reception. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. But yeah, I mean, it's possible if the the Seahawks lose today and the Giants win tomorrow, then it'll be the, it'll be the Giants here in Philadelphia in so, a week. So Jeff, you know the Eagles as well as anybody who covers them, if not better than anybody who covers them. What uh, are the things that that Glenn and I have been talking about this morning? Uh, it's come up over and over again, is this idea of the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni in particular talking so much about the fact that Hurts is injured and that he's not at 100%. You saw that when he spoke the other day at his locker. W- what is the sense you're getting from being around the team about exactly, A, exactly how injured Jalen is, and B, why the team is spending this much time talking about it? Yeah, I've had this kind of discussion with myself because it really does, 
stand in contrast to how they typically handle injuries, especially when it comes to the quarterback. We heard from Nick Sirianni the first two weeks of uh, Jalen's injury about how oh, this, you know, he's got this superhuman like strength and our ability to recover from injuries. Oh, there's a chance he'll be back, and I think a lot of that was gamesmanship. And and I and I wondered if this is gamesmanship because they've gone so far in, into one uh, end of the extreme. And how they've talked about the injury, and it basically started right right after the game. I, I don't think it's that. I think it's probably more than anything. It's a coach kind of talking up his player and what he's had to endure, and kind of placating him in that regard. Um, and Jalen kind of look. Jalen has so much about him in terms of his temperament, his work ethic, everything that makes him kind of be an ideal quarterback at this level of the game. But there is, you know, a certain level of, um, I wouldn't say confidence or cockiness where it's just, okay, you know, like last year I was a little surprised. Just there's a, there's a feeling he gives off about how he feels about himself that maybe you need to kind of coax that a little bit or, or soothe that. And like, for, for instance, last year when he played on the ankle injury, it was like, you know, he kind of downplayed it. And then after the game, he comes, you know, because walking in with the walking boot and, and talked about how much it, it had affected him at that point. I don't think he's making excuses. I think he was talking very matter-of-fact about it. But that's something that, that he said. Again, when we spoke to him right after the, the injury, the shoulder injury in Chicago, uh, you know, I, I don't want to re- place too much emphasis on that, but it took a lot of courage to play. Hmm. You know, so yeah. I, I think in some ways, you know, you're just kind of doing what you, you want in terms of handling the quarterback, and, and, and he's been very open about it and that's probably the way they've they've decided to approach it jeff mcclain joins us you can follow him on twitter at jeff underscore mcclain m-c-l-a-n-e this hour sponsored by meridian bank regional presence community touch meridian bank innovative business banking for entrepreneurial success so jeff again we really don't know really exactly how he's feeling how he's hurting what's going to happen but they're going to play a game next week against somebody and they're going to have to decide how to use him. It was clear mm-hmm. in the game against the Giants that they held back, right? They won the game. They didn't expose him to the opportunity for injury. But in the playoffs, can they do that? Or will it have to be, this is our offense, you running is a part of it, let's all cross our fingers and hope he doesn't get hurt? Yeah, and, and you know, that obviously that's the more important question. And, you know, he didn't throw on Thursday. He did throw a little bit more on Friday. If you compare that to what happened when he initially got hurt, he didn't, you know, he, when he first threw on the Thursday before the Saints game, that was 10 days in between when he played. Um, this would be less than that. But those are different circumstances, and, and we know that he's been able to at least play once. So it's probably not that, that much of a big deal. So my thinking is, look, they got to they gotta involve him in the run game. He'll be a plus one. They will have zone replays. The running, you know, he'll have the option on the RPOs to, to keep the ball and run. They have to at this point. Um, maybe if it's, you know, a team, if it's, it's not the NFC Championship, maybe you kind of dial back a little, little bit on that. I mean, I was a little surprised against the Giants. They didn't do it once just to say, hey, this is something that we have in our pocket. Think about this. Mm-hmm. Because as it, as it became increasingly clear over the, over the, <laughs> over the period of that, that, full period of that game was that the Giants had figured out at that point that he was not even going to run at all. And it just, it, they were unable to really kind of get anything going inside the red zone. Um, so I think there's no doubt 
that he's going to run the ball and, and he's going to probably be a little more aggressive, not slide as early, not run on his bound as early, because that's just the way Jalen is and that's what they have to do to win. To me, the bigger concern is just, is just how is that shoulder affecting his throwing? Um, I thought he looked pretty good throwing the ball, but I felt like, especially early on, but as the game went on, I think his numbers were 8 of 17 for like 70-something yards. There were a couple throws there were a little leaky. Um, that happens, and that happens even when he's going at 100%. Um, but, you know, things are moving faster in the playoffs. Uh, the holes are tighter. You know, it, will he be able to kind of consistently make those types of throws if he's not feeling 100% in terms of the arm? That's, to me, a, a, to me actually, that's a little bit more really? of a concern. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Jeff, what, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, 1 being it's the equivalent of you or me out there playing right tackle 10 it's him at his absolute best which is the best right tackle in the nfl um what's your guess on what we're going to see from lane johnson yeah i mean obviously purely speculation on my part um but hearing lane he spoke yesterday for the first time since the injury knowing him pretty well and people around him he's not going to be 100 percent. we know that um he's probably not He's probably not going to be ninety percent. My guess is probably somewhere in that seventy-five to eighty percent range. Um, I'll take it. And you know what? I mean, that still makes him better than what else do they have to put out there? Yep, yeah, I'll take and, it. And quite frankly, he's been playing um, at less than one hundred percent probably his ever since the whole ankle thing happened. I mean, that still bothers him um, to this day. I mean, is there is there any? Um, is it ever going to be completely normal? No, that just happens for players as they get older. That's that's the part. Are playing football, and that's why Lane is increasingly talked talked about retirement and looking at least towards that. But Lane's as tough as they come. I, I you know, he, he Kelsey's probably one. He may be two in terms of like what I know about these guys and what they've played through and how they played through it. You know, we just it's it's kind of a miracle um, what these guys put themselves through. Yeah. And Lane, though, I think you know, it, it's I've, people I've talked to. It's about the injury and playing through it. It's tough. It's going to be tough for an offensive lineman who uses that uses that core as much as any other position. Um, but it, it could have been worse. And at this point, having surgery, I mean, surgery obviously would shut him down. But, there, you know, I don't think there's any way. He's not at risk of making it a lot worse. That Let's just put it that, that right. way. And, and that's the key. Uh, all right, so Jeff, there's the possibility of uh, any of four opponents next week when the Eagles play in the second round, Seattle, the Giants, the Cowboys, Tampa. Rank them from, uh, if you're the, the easiest to the most challenging. Mm, okay, I thought you were going to go uh, most likely to least likely, but um, I mean, I think the Cowboys are probably, the you know, we'll, if we'll start with the um, hardest. Um, okay. The, for them to face, they beat them one. Now, of course, it was with Garner Minshew, a quarterback, and they were home. Um, but I think when the Cowboys are playing as uh, to the to the highest of their capabilities, they're better than those three other teams. Um, now, you may not get that team if they beat the Bucks, and that's the team you have to play next next week. Um, but uh, I would think, you know, just the weapons that they have, especially on the defensive side, in terms of that pass rush, that's the team you least like least want to play. Mm-hmm. Who do you think and is that, their most likely opponent, Jeff? I, and I, I think I think the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, I don't think the Seahawks are going to beat the 49ers. I mean, I'm not making any um, wild proclamations here. Yeah. And I and I don't think the Giants. Although the Giants certainly go in and beat what I think is a kind of a little bit of a suspect Vikings team, but I think the Vikings will win that at home. 
Um, and then I think it then becomes between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. And, you know, the Cowboys are not good away from home. They're not good on, you know, natural services. Uh, that's been Dak's thing, too, as well. Um, that's, you know, maybe a narrative that doesn't always come into play if you look at the matchups. And the Bucks just aren't really a good team. But they do have Tom Brady. I mean, like, look, he's a great equalizer. He's still playing at a high level. Um, he's, you know, at home, they could still win that game. So they would be probably the second team I at least want to uh, see. And they're probably, the, the, I would say, the second most likely that they'll face. Okay. Um, but I think this is a way different team than the one that faced the Buccaneers. And that's a way different team than the one the Eagles faced last year in the playoffs. They'll be home. They'll have a lot more going in their favor. And I think, you know, I think, all things being equal, they should easily beat, uh, not easily, but they should comfortably beat all four of these teams on paper. Uh, and then I guess I would go with the Giants, um, you know, just because you've beat them twice. I know that is another narrative, be, try, you know, having to beat a team three times in the season. Uh, it happens. Yeah, I, 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 I hear <clears throat> that, and I've never seen evidence of that because yeah, it, I agree. it's basically the question is, it's tough to beat a team three times because you might lose the middle game or the first game. Yeah. If you've beat them twice, I've never seen the stats, it, and I don't buy – until I see the stats, I'm not buying You, you know who once beat yeah. the Eagles three times in a season? The Giants in the year and 2000. Think, <laughs> yeah. You guys can hear me? I lost you for a second there. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got, we got you, you, Jeff. Okay. Yeah, and look, they're just clearly better than the Giants team, and that last game was just a, a qual. Uh, you know, right. shouldn't be qualified just because of how Jalen was being u- utilized. And the Eagles just—I mean, they just wanted to get the one seed. They just got over that hu- that hurdle, uh, and that's all they were trying to do. Um, and then the Seahawks—you know—if they got there and upset the the Forty Niners, I mean, then then you're like, oh, okay, if we beat the Forty ers they can certainly come in Philadelphia and win. But I just don't think that's going to happen. So I almost don't even um, consider that. Of course, I'll say that in the middle. Look after a win today. So, Jeff, you did a big piece this week, and one that I thought was incredibly fascinating, about a guy who Eagles fans probably recognize. They see his face a lot, but they don't know much about him. And that guy is Dom DeSandro, who you described as the mystery man of the Eagles, maybe kind of their fixer, their buffer. Tell us about Dom, uh, who he is and what he does. Yeah, they see his face, and they see more than just his face. They see this, you know, six foot three, three hundred maybe plus pound guy. Guy that uh, you know, you, you wonder in a tracksuit. Clearly, yes. Clearly, he's um, a security guy. You know, um, some may look at him and say, "Oh, he's a bodyguard," but he's much more than that. And having been around the team for a long time and just learning about Dom and what he does behind the scenes, you realize that this guy is in many ways kind of the um, middleman or just like, and in some ways as I described it, he's a giant, he's a big giant beating heart of the Eagles because he, because he does have to deal with the players a lot in terms of maybe some of the stuff, the nefarious activities that they've been involved in. He's got to certainly have um, connections with people, local authorities, police, politicians. Um, he's, you know, he's got to help them in other ways beyond just maybe whether there is something that's um, speeding ticket, parking tickets, or something criminal, um, he's got to deal with that element. But he's situated himself, or it, because of that, of being a guy that players can go to and talk to and express themselves. I mean, this is in some ways a human interest story because you realize that um, there's so much more going on behind the scenes with these players, and, and Dom is a big part of that because he can help them. He's a therapist. As Chip Kelly, who I spoke to extensively, described him. He should be described as head of psychology. Hmm. And 
And But this is very much a part of the team as well and what happens on the field. I mean, ultimately his job is to work for the Eagles and help get these guys on the field and in the right frame of mind so they can maximize their abilities. And, you know, whether that's, you know, handling stuff off the field that maybe, um, you know, keeps them from not being able to play in terms of getting in trouble or it's just like helping them with, um, you know, my wife, uh, had a miscarriage and I, I'm, I'm in a horrible state of mind and I'm, I can't deal with this and they'll come into his office and they'll hash things out and he'll be like, Hey, let me, I, you know, I know this person who can help her or, you know, Oh, I have a, my son is, you know, he's it, got it, this. I got to interrupt you. Just it was, it was a great profile. You talked to everybody, uh, all of the, the yeah. previous coaches, including chip. And I know there was no love lost, between you and Chip, and he gave you a great interview. He really he gave you a lot. Uh, and at one point, you described Big Dom as the uh, Ray Donovan, which some people will will get that reference. It's really mm-hmm. worth reading. It's in the Enquirer. It's uh, it's online at the website. And um, as you said, it's a guy who's been around since Aunt, no Andy, right? I guess Andy hired him. Ray Rose, really, because he started Ray. as an intern. Okay, in started as an intern with Ray, and has been through all of this. And everybody sees him. Nobody knows him. Maybe they know his name is Big Dom, but uh, you really brought him to life. And very nice job, Jeff. Uh, really appreciate it. Oh, appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks, we'll, Jeff. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Talk to you later. All right, there you go. Yeah, it was a great story. It was a great story, and I'll say publicly, I don't think there's a media member who covers anything in Philadelphia as well as Jeff covers the Eagles. Um. And one of the things I like about the way he covers the team is he's made enemies of almost every coach because that comes with the job. Gets no favors, suffers no fools. But the fact that that Chip Kelly will now talk to him at length about this shows that Chip respects Jeff and the job he does. You know, I've had fans point out to me on social media and in other settings about how Howie Roseman sometimes will poke fun at Jeff during a press conference uh, and, you know, tries to poke at him, maybe make fun of him a little bit. And there's a reason how he does that with Jeff. And the reason is they're a little bit afraid of Jeff McClain. A little bit. Because Jeff knows things, and if he doesn't know something, he's going to do everything he can oh, to find yeah. it out. Yeah. he He's indebted to nobody. Yeah. He's like good old hard-boiled reporter. Yeah. Love that. Uh, Casey in Orlando. Casey, it sounds like you have a thought about who you want the Eagles to play next week. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, love love the new uh, grouping, Mike. I'm always a big fan, and you guys are awesome together. Thanks, Quality Casey. Quality show hasn't dropped a beat. So, uh, you know, I was thinking a lot about this, and for me, with the Cowboys, I'm just sick of them in terms of just the <laughs> them being in the spotlight. And I, I understand that feeling of it'd be great to knock them out, the disdain, but me personally, I know I'm not alone with this, that my disdain with them is just the attention they get, the lack of results. Yeah. And, you know, I, under, I saw that report came out this week about how the, you know, top-rated games, blah, blah, blah. And I saw a bunch of Cowboys fans just bragging about that. And I think in terms of an on-field product, they've been pretty irrelevant the last quarter century. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only two teams. You guys realize there's only two teams in the NFC that have a longer drought of getting to the NFC championship game than the Cowboys. One of them's the Detroit yeah, Lions. I know that. <laughs> Right, and it's Washington. Yeah, you know, wow. and they get the attention as if they're somehow this juggernaut. So for me, I love I love it when they're irrelevant. I love it when they're out of the conversation. So except that they're not. But on. but you, the point you brought up is the great point, which is 
They've won one playoff game since in the last two decades, I yeah, believe, I right? So. One or two. Yeah. And yet they they get the ratings, they get the attention. Uh, and I think more than anything now, it's just because of Jerry Jones. It's the owner is the most colorful figure in the league, and that brings them all that. And it's the legacy of what they used to be. But you're right, Casey. It's a carcass that's basically <laughs> been wandering around for 25 years. Go ahead, They're Casey. continuing to just work off the VCR highlights, and that's just pretty <laughs> nauseating. Oh, that's and, a great way to put it. That's and, great. And, can I make a quick uh, Doug Peterson point before you guys let me go? Sure. Um, yeah, so Mike, I loved your comment earlier on about the, the scene where Doug Peterson says, yeah, let's do it. You know, and to me, that's my favorite part of the Super Bowl was that coaching moment. Because I thought to myself, how many coaches, if they had their backup quarterback in the league, came up and said, hey, let's try this trick play. But can you imagine if Brady was hurt in one of those Super Bowls and then Brian Hoyer came up to Belichick and said, hey, let's try this trick play. Can you imagine the look of disdain uh, Belichick would give uh, that backup yeah. quarterback? I mean, Brian, we're, we're, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're not gonna do that. Uh, it's, yeah. great. It's, a, it's a great point. Thanks and a good call. Thank you, Casey. That was great. Um, yeah, I think you're 100% right about that with respect to Doug. Uh, I think that moment made him in people's eyes, even though, of course, the Eagles won the Super Bowl and he would be made anyway. I think that singular instant where he made that spur-of-the-moment decision uh, really was the highlight of that entire game. Good stuff. Hey, you got an event coming up this uh, this week, I believe? I do. On Thursday, 1 o'clock at the Philadelphia Free Library. We mentioned it earlier in the show. Uh, I'm going to be hosting a Q&A with ESPN's own and former Philadelphia Inquirer columnist, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, we're going to talk a tiny bit about my book about Kobe Bryant, The Rise. We're going to talk a whole lot about his new memoir, Straight Sh- We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can 
put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.